0: Hello and welcome to the History of Vikings. Today I'm delighted to present a very special episode of the podcast, curated by my friend Daniel Allison. Daniel is the host of the House of Legends podcast, where he retells the world's greatest myths, legends, and selections of folklore. In addition to this, he is the author of a new book titled The Bone Flute, a fantasy adventure that is set in prehistoric Scotland. Today, Daniel has prepared a retelling of The Death of Baldr, that famous Norse myth about Odin's son Baldr and the events that would bring about the greatest battles and destruction of the universe at Ragnarok. Please be sure to check the description of this episode for links to more of Daniel's work. Without further ado, I give you The Death of Baldr. Behind closed eyes, Baldur dreamed. By day, the bright, shining God was a God quick to laugh, quick to forgive, the kind of God that the others would come to of an evening to sit and drink and talk, or just sit in silence. That's not to say that he was weak or unmanly. In battle he fought like a bear, blazing like the sun. But now the sun had fallen. The moon had risen, and Baldur's dreams were dark. In his mind's eye, he saw mothers opening the throats of their children. Fearful creatures tore at the bark of Yggdrasil and fouled it. Beneath the sea the Midgar serpent stirred. He heard the howling of wolves and the breaking of chains. Now he told himself that this was nothing, not all dreams were portents, but night after night the same dreams came, and then another. In this dream he saw a great ship burning beneath a golden sky. He lay upon the deck of that ship, surrounded by riches. The boat burned. It was his own funeral ship that he saw. Now after he saw this, he decided that the time had come to speak to Odin, his father. So he went and he spoke to Odin and told him about his dreams, and Odin was afraid, for Odin knew the prophecy. He knew that the death of his son would be the twilight of the world, the beginning of Ragnarok. So he called all the gods together. They met in council and they discussed the matter, and it was decided that Odin would go and see a seeress that he knew. A powerful one, one who could see far out across the web of weird. The only problem was, she was dead. But it was not such a great problem. Odin had Sleipnir, his eight-legged horse. So he mounted Sleipnir and he set off. He left Asgard and he rode across the branches and tendrils... The ways and webs that bind the worlds together until in a dark tunnel his ravens whispered in his ears that the time had come to hide odin and slepnir disappeared in their place was an old man who hobbled along until he reached the river gil and there was the golden bridge and Modgud its guardian And Modgud said, Who are you? An old man, made dead by winter and hunger and work. Pass, she said. So Odin passed over the bridge and entered the realm of the dead. On blasted black plains, stretching on to infinity, the dead stood Stared, wondered. When Odin passed among them, they sensed his life force, and they gathered, pressed in close around him. He spoke his rune spells, and they parted. And through them he went on, for time outside time, until down in a far, distant cave, where even the dead dared not follow him, he sensed her, and he spoke his rune spell. The air shimmered, and Odin was no longer in a cave. He was in a hall. It was bright with the light of burning torches that danced on shields that hung on the walls. Tables groaned with the weight of meat and meat. And before him stood the seeress, her hair, her skin, her eyes as white as polished bone. Oh, father she said you are early for the feast but not so early our guest will join us soon who is this feast for said Odin for Balder for your son he will join us soon how how will about Bald- but she was gone the hall was gone Odin was alone. So Odin made his way home, and shared what he had seen. He was distraught, but his wife Frigg had an idea. If Baldur dies, she said, it will be because something has harmed him. A spear, a sword, a falling rock, is it not so? It is so, said Odin. Well then, she said, I know what I will do. "'I will have an oath from every spear, "'every sword, and every rock "'that they will not harm Balder. "'It could be anything,' said Odin. could be anything in all the nine worlds. "'Then I will have an oath from everything.'" And she got up, and she began straight away. She went over to the fireplace, and she spoke to the fire. "'Do you swear?' That you will not harm Balder I swear said the fire do you swear that you will not harm Balder I swear said the iron I swear said every cup I swear said every plate I swear said every flagstone on the floor of the hall and on she went and out she went and however long it took Frigg went everywhere and she had an oath from everything. Such is a mother's love. She only missed a clump of mistletoe. When she was done, she gathered all the goats together. Baldur was there. And she told them what she had done. And they were sceptical. Everything was a lot of things. You don't believe me, she said. Watch this and she took an axe down from the wall, marched over to her son, raised her axe, swung it, and It bounced off him. (sighs) Let me try. And Tyr took a sword and thrust it into Baldur's stomach, pulled it out as if Baldur were a cheese. And then the gods were laughing and saying, let me try, me try, no, no, me and very soon they were all hacking and slashing and thrusting, hitting chairs off of them, grabbing everything they could, and they were having a great time. And some musicians were brought into play, ale was being poured, it turned into a party. Everyone was enjoying it, apart from perhaps Baldur, who just went along with it. And as the night wore on, everyone still attacking Baldur, Loki slipped in through the door. Loki had heard Frigg's words about obtaining an oath from everything, and he'd been unconvinced. Everything was a lot of things. So he went to a seeress, he knew, and he'd asked her if this was true. And she said, No. She missed some mistletoe. And now Loki went and sat next to Hodder, the Blind God, and said, Hodder, why aren't you joining in the fun? Because I'm blind, you fool. I can't throw a spear or wield a sword. Well, seems a shame you should miss out. Why don't you use my spear? I'll help you to aim it. Hm. Well, all right then. So, up got Hod. And Loki put his spear in Hodder's hand and said, Now, up a bit, back a bit, left, no, 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 a little bit, there, go. And Hodder threw his spear, and it sailed over the heads of the other gods, and it struck Baldr in the chest. And Baldr fell to his knees, and the gods laughed thinking that this was a jest, but then blood leaked from the wound. Blood spurted from Baldur's mouth, and Baldur fell flat upon the flagstones. "'Who threw that spear?' said Odin. "Uh, "'I I threw a spear, but—' Odin left the hall. He sought out a woman named Rindir, and lay with her and spoke rune spells upon her belly, so that she had a son the next morning, and he grew to manhood that day in the evening— Odin put a sword in Vali's hand, and sent him to slay Hodr, which he did, but it gave Odin no joy, for Baldr was dead, for of course the blade of Loki's spear had been forged from iron and mistletoe. The next evening The gods of Asgard gathered upon a beach. Before them in the shallows was a ship, Baldr's ship, the greatest ship in all the worlds. On its deck he lay, his horse lay beside him in death, surrounded by so many jewels, cups, coins, plates and swords that an army could not have carried them away. The gods toasted Balder. They told stories of him. They spoke hastily composed verses. And there was weeping and there was roaring. And then it was time to push out the boat. As Nana, Balder's wife, screamed and tore out her hair, the gods went down, lay their hands against the boat, and they pushed at it. But it was too heavy for them they could not push it over the rollers into the water and now they were ashamed and they were angry and their tears deepened the sea Odin saw they needed help he spoke a spell and soon the gods heard a howling they turned and they saw coming towards them down from distant mountains A gigantic wolf. In all the worlds, only Fenrir was bigger. This wolf was ridden by a giantess, Hiroken, who controlled the wolf with a bridle made of writhing poisonous vipers. She dismounted. The gods made way as she walked among them, snarling and laughing at them. She put her hands against the ship and she pushed so fast that the rollers caught fire. The gods fired their arrows, the ship went aflame and it burned, its flames reaching up to lick the golden sky. Odin was so angry, he grabbed the nearest being, a dwarf named Leter and threw him upon the boat into the fire. Nana waded into the shallows, swam and climbed aboard the boat to join her husband. Nana screamed, Lita screamed, the gods wept, Balder's ship burned, and the wolf howled. The mood was dark in Asgard after that, The gods did not visit and drink with one another, they sat brooding in their halls. By his fire, Odin saw mountains collapse, he saw the sun go dark, he heard eagles scream as they split open corpses, he saw Ragnarok. But Frigg was of a different mind, doom did not weigh so heavily upon her. So she made a plan And she called Hermod And she sent him on an errand Hermod rode Sleipnir Rode him as Odin had ridden All the way to Hela's realm Over the bridge and into that place Where the dead stood on the endless dark plains And she rode Sleipnir Who leapt over Hela's gates And through her great hall down vast corridors, up and down stairways, until they came to Hila's throne room, a hall of dark stone and polished bone. There, on the highest seat, sat Hila. Half of her was beautiful. Half of her was rotten, her flesh writhing with maggots. Beside her, sat Baldr, whose skin no longer shone. What must we do, said Hermod? What must we do to get Baldr back? This, said Hela. When every being weeps for Baldr, every fire in every hearth, every star in the sky, every leaf in the forest and every dwarf in his hull, when every being weeps for Baldr, you may have him back. Hela thought she was being clever. She thought it impossible. No one had ever shown her love or kindness but she did not count upon Frigg. For Hermod went back to Frigg, and when Frigg heard this, she set out again. Again, however long it took, in time unimaginable to us. She went everywhere, and spoke to everything, but she did not demand anything from them. This time, she simply spoke, told them a tale, told him the tale of her son Baldur, his life, his death, infused with her love for him. And every being, when they heard the tale, they wept. Such is the power of a mother's love. Such is the power of a story. Frigg had been everywhere. Had made all but one being weep when she came to a cave where lived the giantess, Tok. What do you want, said Tok? To tell you a story, said Frigg. Then tell it. So Frigg told her story one last time. And as she told it, Tok yawned. She scratched herself. She inspected her fingernails. And when Frigg reached the ending of her tale, Doc laughed. <laughs> I wish I had been there, she said. I would have loved to watch your son burn. And at that, at the very end, Frigg fell to her knees. And she begged, she begged the giantess to weep. But Thork only laughed and laughed all the more. Until Freak turned, left, went home, and admitted defeat. Baldur remained in Elas Hall. His skin never shone again. And the sun never shone as brightly after that, and when Odin looked up at it, he knew that the time would soon come when its light went out altogether.